0: In today's show, I'm looking ahead to Sunday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Let's look ahead to Sunday's action in the NBA. First game up, the Grizzlies and the Thunder. What are we going to see from the wave pool D'Anthony Melton? He continues to excel. It does look like Taylor Jenkins has decided, hey, he is better than Grayson Allen. Look, you, you don't need to have three dicks and five eyes to see that. Anyone could have seen it. But Jenkins has finally realized it. And that gives Melton a, uh, a chance to be a 12-team league guy. I think he's worth adding, unless you're seeing where it goes. Also want to watch Brandon Clark. Kyle Anderson's minutes are coming down. Clark put up big defensive stats last game. Now, that's been part of the issue why he hasn't translated into an absolute fantasy beast because he had these huge, huge defensive stats in college, and it didn't quite transition across to the NBA as a rookie, but three blocks and a steal last game. Played 29 minutes while um, Anderson played 22. It's something to watch. For the Thunder, we're not going to have Al Horford, most likely due to rest. Moses Brown... Yes, that is a real player. He played for I think the Rockets and the Blazers last year, or maybe he was signed with the Rockets and got cut before the season. Anyway, he was with the Blazers, barely played. Big ass guy, like seven foot two center, horrible free throw shooter. But a good shot blocker, a very good rebounder, a very high percentage finisher. And that can translate quite well to fantasy. Had a big game on Saturday against the Knicks, even with Horford playing. But remember, there was no Baisley in that game, and there was no Gildas Alexander. So a lot of players pushed down. We had Roby starting at the four. We had Pokiszewski starting at the three. We had Dort at the two. When those guys come back, they all do push up. But there is a big opportunity here for Brown, who is a pretty interesting fantasy prospect just on the back of the, the fact that he puts up blocks, rebounds, field goals, and the team that he's on. We're going to get a real opportunity to see it. I think he's a pretty interesting stream option for Sunday. And yeah, he's more of a deeper league ad, but he is interesting to watch. And then Lou Dort, who had an absolute ton of free throw attempts. No, my son is also named Bort. Couldn't hit any shots, but got to the line a lot. That was without Shea, without Baisley. So I don't think we need to overreact there. But let's see exactly what happens with uh, Dort in this matchup. Next up, the Jazz and the Warriors. Jordy Clarkson, remember he was like a top 50 guy to begin this season? we are we are seeing him start to really reduce in that production he's still hitting like i think 95% from the line which is an insane number but he was like a 44 or 43% three point shooter that's come down his minutes have started to normalize as well So, we are seeing some regression there with Clarkson. And then Don Mitchell, who, even with Conley back, has managed to keep his assist numbers higher. And that's encouraging. His steal numbers are also uh, pushing up, too, which is great. He does have some shot selection and some field goal percentage problems, which uh, aren't great for fantasy. But those other things stepping up are nice. For the Warriors, I want to watch Jordan Poole. He's in the rotation. I don't... He's nowhere near a 12-team league guy. I've had people ask me that question. He's not close to that because, of course, there's Wiggins, and there's Oubre, there's Curry. All those guys are going to be getting those minutes. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to play 15 to 22 minutes. He's going to have an ability to maybe score 14, 15 points per game. That can be a yeah, best-case scenario 14-team league guy, but he's in the rotation, so he deserves your attention now. And then Blunty, James Wiseman. Where are you now? Um, I'm not really sure... What's going to happen here? He was benched disciplinarily uh, last game. I don't think he comes in and starts this one, but Steve Kerr keeps saying, we're going to give him more minutes. We're going to give him more minutes. While Kerr knows that that does generally lead to him losing games or being not as good on the court. Now, Wiseman put up some absolutely monster performance or an absolutely monster performance at 14 and seven, I think he had in one quarter when he got off the bench in that disciplined game. But that was garbage time. And he does well in garbage time because he just gets the ball every opportunity and shoots it every opportunity. So I want to see what his role is, where he fits. Does he start? What do his minutes look like? And how does he look in those minutes in the construct of a real team? Next up, Spurs Sixers, Jakob Pertle. Minutes are fine. The production hasn't been quite there. He's still, I believe, a must-roster player. Uh, but let's see if he can start to bring it and make me not look as stupid for saying he's a must-roster player. And Rudy Gay, he is absolutely a 14-team league guy. He is playing at a very high level. I don't think that I trust him to be a consistent 12-team league guy because he's not playing 30 minutes a night. He's going to be like a -a 25-minute-a-night play, which is fine. He can be that, but he needs to maintain some pretty high-level efficiency to be that player. Um, So he's going to be one to watch. While the Sixers are without Joel Embiid, do they start Tony Bradley or is it Dwight Howard? Bradley was impressive last game without Embiid. I think both of those guys, Howard and Bradley, can be 12-team league options, and let's keep an eye to see how uh, tone looks in this one. While the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris... Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, no Embiid. So he is going to see that usage spike, would be my guess. Now, he's been shooting really, really good numbers this year, like uh, career-high type numbers from three, from two, from the free throw line. Let's see if he can maintain that uh, efficiency while his usage goes up. The Heat and the Magic. Tyler, hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Not- uh, he was terrible last game. I, I think he's a ten team drop. I'm probably going to hold him in twelve team leagues, but it, it's been rough for Hero this season. So let's see if he can get into a groove. Well, Chris Silva. Now he's not going to have too much of a fantasy impact, but he's in the rotation ahead of Precious Uchua. I don't. I am not as high in Uchua as most other people are. I still think this is an asinine move. Let's see if Silver plays how he plays and what that means for Precious. For the Magic, Aaron Gordon. This is not um, not ideal. Came back from the ankle injury, played 14 minutes, sat out the next game, which was a back-to-back, and now sitting out again two days later with the ankle. That's not... Not great for Gordo. Um, last game, they started Chuma Akiki, and they had El Faruk-Aminu in the lineup as well. I want to see whether they bite the bullet and start Akiki over Aminu. Of course, they 100% should, but whether Steve Clifford does that or not remains to be seen. And Akiki can be maybe a... Uh, can we call him sneaky Akiki? A cheeky Akiki? Can he be a cheeky uh, 12-team league guy? Probably more 14, but just watch for his defensive numbers. While Mo Bumba, I haven't hit this one for a while, One, two, three, four, five. Bumba's been playing better. Now, he's still not getting a huge role, and it does help that just everybody is out. So we're getting Birch and Vooch minutes together, and that's giving Bumba more of those backup center minutes. But he needs to start establishing himself. Um, I, I don't think he's got a future on this team, to be honest, and I'm not convinced that he's a great center, but I think I'd almost like his prospects anywhere else apart from Orlando. But let's see if he can build on some of his uh, some of his performances in this matchup against a Miami team who I believe is without Bam Adebayo again, so we won't get to see the uh, adebayo Bumba matchup. Not that anyone cares, yeah. Bam is out again, so we'll get to see him against the Linux, Which let, let's see what he is able to do in this one. That's a lot of talk on Mo Bumba though. Next up, Cavs Hawks. Kevin Love started last time out for Cleveland. Played ten minutes. What will his role be? Where do the minutes sit? How does he look in those minutes? I think that's pretty key. And same with Larry Nance, who did start last game at small forward, but that was because Darius Garland was out. Now, Garland is set to return, so that will push Sexton across to the two, and it will push Okoro across across to the three. So what does that mean for Nance? Is he off the bench? Does he start over Kevin Love? What do his minutes look like? He played 28 minutes in his first game back. I've always been a little bit worried about where Nance fits in the rotation when everyone's healthy, just because they have shown a proclivity in the past that when other players are healthy, they'll play him 24 minutes a night. And that's a worry. So we really want to focus in to see what Nance's role looks like. Well, for the Hawks, let's pay attention to Fander Pants Kevin Herder who's playing at a relatively high level without the other guys there. Bogdanovich still struggling. No uh, no Reddish. Uh, no Hunter, of course. So let's watch him, and let's also watch John Collins. Now, Collins has not hit 30 minutes a night since February. He has basically had foul trouble in those last four games, but they have also been the games um, outside of the... Uh, there was... Oh, now, where did um, McMillan get fired or hired? But basically... At least, for either all four games that McMillan's coached or um, or four out of five. Now, did McMillan get fired after the first heat game? Did Pierce get fired after the first heat game? I'm going to look that up. I need to look that up because that's important for my John Collins narrative. Um, Let's see. What date did Lloyd Pierce get fired? It was on the 1st of March, which means, yes. Okay, so in the four games that Nate McMillan has coached John Collins... He's played 27, 26, 28, and 28 minutes. Capella has also played 30, 28, and 27 in that time. So we are seeing, now there is foul trouble for Collins, but that is a pattern that absolutely needs to be paid attention to. So what is Collins' role under Nate McMillan? Well, Gallinari has played 25, 39, 29, and 29 minutes in those games under McMillan. Is that the subtle change that McMillan's making to the rotation? That is something that I want to be, as Woj would say, absolutely lays it in on. The Celtics and the Rockets. Rob Williams. What can the Rock DJ do? I assume Marcus Smart starts. He claims his minutes restriction isn't going to last that long and it should be ready to go. So he should start. So then what happens with Tyson Thompson and Rob Williams, who played only 17 minutes in Smart's first game back? If Williams goes back and plays 14 minutes, it's a mistake. But it's also one that Brad Stevens has made plenty of times before. So let's see where Robbie Williams fits in this rotation. And then Jalen Brown, whose shooting has been, let's be honest, horrendous. Started out the season as the best shooter in the NBA and now is one of the most damaging shooters in the NBA. So at some point it's going to turn around. The minutes are fine. The rest of the production is okay, but I'd like to see Jalen Brown do a little bit more. JB, you've got it again. By a little bit more, I mean, I'd like to see him hit some frigging shots for once. For the Rockets, we know it's all about the juniors. Kevin Porter Jr. Now, this Rockets team will be out Wood without Wood, Wall, House, Gordon again. David Nwaba, after playing last game, is questionable. I think there's no chance that Nwaba plays in this one. But Oladipo returns. So do they start Porter at point guard? This is another great opportunity for Kevin to put up some big numbers. His assists have been through the roof. He's getting good defensive numbers. He is going to be a poor shooting guy in terms of percentages a lot of the time. Um, and But these current his debut has been absolutely tailor-made for him to put up huge numbers. Again, you couldn't get it any better without Wood, Oladipo, Wall, House, Gordon, Waba, um, with every, all those guys being out. It, it couldn't be any better. And of course, then PJ Tucker pushed himself out of the rotation. It couldn't have been better for Porter, and he has delivered. And the other bloke that I am super keen on is Kenyon Martin Jr. KJ Martin's played 32 and 29 minutes. He's blocking a shit ton of shots. He can basically come in and be um, PJ Tucker, a bit better for fantasy. He is a 14-team league speculative ad. I don't know what they'll do when House and Wall and Woodall return because he's still Justin Patton in there who's looking pretty good, but I'm taking that flyer on Kenyon Martin to see what happens. The Blazers and the Wolves, Derek Jones Jr. Um, again, what? how are they going to use him? How do they you know, sort of mix him in with Rocket Rodney Hood, Carmelo Anthony? I'm not that high on Derek Jones. And I also want to pay attention to Carmelo Anthony, who prior to last game had been putting up some good shooting numbers and then struggled. And I don't believe he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. For the Wolves, both these teams on a back-to-back, by the way. For the Wolves, Anthony Edwards... Is he going to take every shot in the world? Is he going to hit a third of them? I think that's yeah, that's basically the recipe for Anthony Edwards at this point. Can he bring some other numbers? Oh, I, I think he can, or he's shown a proclivity to be able to do that of late. Not huge amounts, but yeah, better than say, oh, who's the bloke that was in my head that yeah, comes out and gets like one rebound, two to, to assists? Not Colin Sexton, because he's better than that. There's someone else, and I've completely blanked on it. Um Edwards able to come out there and do something a little bit more uh, more interesting than that. Rick Rubio, um, big opportunity for him again with no uh, no McLaughlin and no Russell. But do they lean on him for big minutes? I'm recording this before the Wolves game is over on uh, Saturday as well. The Clippers and Pelicans. How do they use Marcus Morris, and what does that mean for Nicola Batum, who uh, is trending downwards? Absolutely. Morris is not 12. I don't think Batum is either. Well, I want to see if it's a Zubats. I mainly just want to watch because I just hope at some point they're going to say, yeah, sure, you can play 28 minutes a night, and Serge plays 20. It just doesn't seem that that's going to be the case. But if Zubats can yeah, work his way into a 24-minute role, he's a 12-team league guy. Well, for the Pelicans, Eric Bledsoe has absolutely shit the bed of late. He is worse than Josh Hart. He is worse than Kyrie Lewis. He's probably worse than Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. I think he's a 12-team league drop, but I want to see how Stan Van Gundy handles him here. While Steve Adams, um, last couple of games have been pretty strong from Adams. Now, he's been bad all year. What do we get? Do we get 29 minutes of Adams? Do we get 25 minutes? That's really what I want to be paying attention to, to see the playing time for Steve-O. Raptors, Bulls. No Ananobi Van Vliet, uh, sorry, no, yeah, no Ananobi Van Vliet and Siakam in this one again. So Baines will get another start. He'd been playing high 20s until Saturday where that dropped way off. So what does his role look like? While Kyle Lowry continues to play at a pretty high level, assists are way up, usage is up at the moment. He has been really good once again for fantasy. I don't believe he'll be traded this year, but there is that possibility. For the Bulls, Lowry Markin, and first game back hit every shot. Second game back was bad. Now, I don't think that Lowry is good at all. I think he's significantly overrated, and even in fantasy, because we what he relies upon is really high shooting numbers. And he's been really good at that this year. He just does absolutely nothing else. So I want to see if we can get anything coming from him. And I also want to watch Wendell Carter Jr., who you know that I like, you know that I think he's good. He's also been bad. I also don't think that's all his fault, and that's maybe I'm making excuses for him. But the Bulls don't like him, and I think we have to pay attention to that because he's playing like 23 minutes, 24 minutes a night. They think they're better off playing Larry Markkanen and Thad Young at center, and Young has, is the best, second best player in this team. There's no no doubt about that in my mind, that Young is the second best player on this team. Um, but prioritizing Markkanen, which really worries me for what they're going to do in restricted free agent er, free agency, prioritizing Markkanen over Carter is absolutely batshit insane to me. And if they continue to play Carter 22 minutes a night with a fully healthy roster, then he does become a drop. Not there yet, but man, it's not looking good. Some streams. Justin Patton, Isaiah Roby. You can throw Moses Brown in there as well. Tony Bradley, DeAndre Bembry, Kenyon Martin Jr. These are all guys available in a ton of category leagues that can have value for Sunday's action. And then for points leagues, Carter Williams, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Howard, Justin Patton, Tony Bradley, they are options over there as well. Guys, that'll do it for me. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.